The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. At 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You? M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, it's part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app. It is Monday night, which means it is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. I am joining you live from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's starting to... Uh, warm up just a tad and i understand by the end of for this time next week we may be looking at uh, a beautiful 83 degrees or so so lots of things going on in the in the hockey world especially the professional hockey world especially we're uh, professional hockey world. We're, we're starting uh, off live tonight we're starting off with live uh, tonight a with, uh, a great a, guest a guy i can call friend a guy i can call friend and the head coach of the, the coach Tucson Roadrunners Steve Potterman. Steve how are you Steve, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you, Scott? I'm doing great. I'm doing well, great. I, well, I'm getting a little feedback I'm from you. A little feedback from you. Uh, do I have how you are still? you? Can you, can you hear me? Still? Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you, but uh, I'm getting I can hear feedback you, of myself. Feedback of myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how's that? That's better. Is that better? Uh, oh, yeah, that's okay, perfect. Great. Well, it's great to have you on. Uh, congratulations, first and foremost, on the new gig. I haven't had a chance to publicly say that. And uh, second of all, congratulations on a 4-0 start. How's it been? Uh, it's been great. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's been it's been good. You know, it was it came about pretty quickly. So, um, you know, there wasn't really a whole lot of time to prepare, but uh, ironically, I think I've been preparing for this for a long time. So, uh, you know, it's it, it feels it's starting to feel uh, more and more natural. So it's uh, it's it's been fun. It's been good. You know, when we when we talk about this uh, season, Steve, and we've had you on now a few times. Um, when we talk about it, though, it's so strange with COVID and everything that's going on and and everything that's happening. So, how have you adjusted to to life in the COVID era, if you will? You know what? Yeah, I, I think it's um, it, it's a, it's been an interesting time. I, I think by now everybody's adjusted to it. I think now, at least in Arizona, it feels like uh, we're almost back to normal. We're just wearing our masks, you know. So uh, especially with the hockey season going on now, it feels like life is, is definitely far more normal and natural than it has been in the past. So, you know, we're – at first, obviously, it was it was difficult, and there were so many different uh, norms. I guess there's so many different normals you had to get used to, but uh, it feels like now that we've been at it for so long, and uh, it, it's starting to feel more natural and more normal now. Well, you say you've been at, been at it for so long. I know you're talking about COVID and dealing with it through practice and things like that, but your season just got underway. It's been one full week now. You've had a chance to. Uh, to get out and see uh, some other teams. And uh, from what you've seen so far, how is the AHL Pacific Division stacking up uh, in your eyes? I'm impressed at how fast it is. You know, the game just got younger, you know, and it got younger pretty <laughs> fast. So it, it is really quick out there. I, you know, it's 
things are happening at a real rapid rate. And honestly, I, I give credit for the, to the players, how, how they can read and react the game the way they do. It's, uh, it, it's a fun brand of hockey to watch. It's a fun brand of hockey to be a part of. And it's it brings energy, so I'm I'm real thrilled to be a, a part of it and uh, get to to watch it firsthand. You know, when you say watch it firsthand as well, um, you look at what's going on right now, and some teams have jumped out, especially in the Pacific Division, which we cover. Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights, the San Diego Gulls, and yourself are all undefeated. Uh, we realize that's got to come to an end at some point for somebody, but. Um, you know, you've had good battles with both uh, the Barracuda and the Ontario Reign. So uh, how much difference and how much separation is there right now? And uh, can you see the difference? You know what? That, that's a great question. It, it, uh, I don't see that much separation, to be honest with you. I think, you know, the team that's going to be willing to do it for 60 minutes and try to be as consistent as they can with their structure is going to have the most success. You know, obviously there's penalties and other things, you know, that, that – that can factor in uh, injuries, etc. But uh, you know, right now, every game we've had to play a full sixty minutes and then some. So you know, I don't see a whole lot of separation between the teams. I think every team has an opportunity to win every night. And uh, just by watching some of the Henderson and, and San Diego games, uh, I mean, I, I think Henderson right now is the team to beat, and San Diego is not far behind. Okay, so, you know, a lot of people know the AHL for, for the development part of it, but especially in COVID with the taxi squad now, how, how hard is it for you to fill up a lineup card every night with, uh, with the possibility that guys may be going up and down even more frequently than they would in normal, normal hockey seasons? Well, you know, I, I think that the taxi squad has actually brought uh, some norm for us. You know, I don't, there isn't a lot of movement uh, from our club just yet. Um, you know, there's so much, there's so many different rules with testing, etc. And if you, you have to have the, the, you have to be under the same protocol in order for, for the, the movement to, to be free, you know, to be able to go up and down freely. So for us, uh, you, you know, there's, there's only been, uh, at this point, very slight movement. It doesn't change much. Yeah, I, I understand that completely. The other thing that that's, I guess a little bit different between the AHL and the NHL, I talked to a couple of players with the uh, Henderson Silver Knights last week before they started their road trip, and and I asked uh, basically what the protocol is going to be like for them, and they said uh, different than the NHL. They were actually going to be able to go out and get coffee and go for a walk where the NHL players are, are landing on their airplane and they're uh, busing over to a hotel and they're pretty much locked down. Um how is that working for you guys so far? I know you've only been on that one short road trip, but uh, how has that been? Uh, you, you know, we try to be as cautious as possible. You know, I think our boys, uh, you know, our message to our guys has been, you know, we've played, we've played four games. We want to continue to play. So try to be as responsible as possible and, and just be, you know, appreciative of the situation that we're in and, and continue it. It's easy at this point to, you know, once you start playing, you, you start forgetting, uh, you know, what it what it was like when when we weren't playing. So we're, you know, there aren't as many restrictions, I, I guess, but uh, we're very cognizant of them, and we're we're trying to to really minimize the amount of contact we have with the outside. You know, we we want to continue the, the the playing process. Yeah, I don't blame you a bit there. So let's talk a little bit uh, specifically about this team and, and what's gotten you off to the quick uh, 4-0 start. Um, Michael Bunting, just named uh, Player of the Week this week, so congratulations to him. Tell us about Michael right off the get-go. What's he, what's he been doing uh, right now to, uh, to deserve that honor? Well, you know what? He's When you look at it, uh, it's easy to say that he, he has great stats, and, and that's obvious. He's leading the league in scoring, so... That obviously helps, but the thing that I'm the most proud of for, from Michael is that he's really controlling his details and he's really uh, trying to take a step uh, in the right direction. He's growing his craft, and it's it's really really great to see. It's you know I've spent uh, four years with uh, with Michael now, and it's uh, it's great to see his you know his game evolve. And uh, you know as much as he's scoring and he's helping the team win. 
he's he's really trying to to elevate his game to a to another level. You know, another guy that that I've seen personally over the years, and I thought is a real standout, and probably getting real close to making that jump to the next level is Lane Peterson. Talk a little bit about Lane's game for us, if you could. Yeah, you know what, Lane. Um, unfortunately had a couple injuries last year and I think that kind of, you know, obviously that halted his development and his opportunity to be up in, uh, in Edmonton in the bubble for, for a playoff look. Uh, and you know what, he's come in this season with the outlook that, uh, there's, there's no reason why he can't play in the NHL. So he's, he's really trying to, uh, make sure that, you know, everybody's aware of it and he's definitely playing. I mean, he's earning a lot of points and, He's definitely steering his game in the right direction. And then you look down the list, and, and you got some guys that are, are steady players. It seems like the guys have bought into your system and are really uh, gelling pretty well for one week into the season. So is there any secret to that? Yeah, you know what? Like, uh, it, it's funny. They're they're young kids, but they're, they've got leader, such leadership qualities. We have, uh, you know, guys that aren't wearing – letters that are really leading and, and accepting roles and, you know, really determined to, to take on their roles. And anytime you have, you know, your, your, uh, you, you know, your core guys really buy in and accept roles and, and really, you know, they're trying to improve their overall game, but they're also being the most selfless they can. Then that bolts well for the team. Uh, you know, there, I can't say enough about, uh, you know, guys like um, Blake Spears and, you know, he's, he, he does a, he, you know, he just comes every night and drives, and just drives the train for us. So it's, it's great seeing him contribute the way he is and, and honestly just buy into to the role. And our young guys honestly are, are guys that can fulfill roles right away. I know that they're, they've been scorers in the past, but uh, you know, they're, they're, they're accepting, uh, their defensive roles and a PK role, and they're really bringing a lot of energy. A kid like Nate Seuss and McGregor, the, those guys are, are really pushing the envelope uh, from the bottom up. And, you know, our, our decor, uh, Karate, has been outstanding for us, a young young rookie that's been playing really some solid minutes for us. And, and then we've got uh, Soderstrom, our first rounder. He's, you know, he's come in and he's he's – owning the blue line like he's a seasoned veteran. So, you know, you add some of those young guys that are willing to, you know, play that sandpaper type of hockey and you bring some some youth that, that can play like a seasoned veteran uh, on the blue line in the offensive zone, then it's, it's, it, it, can be, it can be pretty good for your team. You know, Victor is going to be the next person I asked about because a lot of people have asked me. Uh, he got a couple of games with the, with the, the big club. And uh, I thought he was pretty impressive. And I think people were kind of shocked that uh, that maybe he got sent down. But is that more of a numbers thing or is it a seasoning thing? Or what do you think, in, in Victor's case, uh, got him to Tucson as as long as or as well as not staying with the, the big club? You know, there's there's no rush, I don't feel like, with these kids. I, I think if you look back at some of the players that have gone through our system or the American Hockey League system, you know, they were, they were cooked, they were overcooked and they were ready to go, you know? So a lot of times when you, you know, you, you start off in the NHL right away, you don't really have a real understanding of what it's like to be a pro every day. And there's a lot of ebbs and a lot of flows and it's, you've got to make sure that you're, you know, how to handle the lows, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's an important uh, road to go through the American Hockey League. It, it just seasons your players to play the right way, and, and just you know, it, it grows and breeds consistency. You know, you look at a kid like Connor Garland. I mean, he's he's gone through the system, and he's had to work for every minute to be in the NHL. And you know, now there's there's no stopping him. You know, how, how far <laughs> can he go? You know, I know he's the kind of player that's probably looking at improving his game from A to Z. And, you know, there was probably a time in his, in his life that he was, you know, more, more, you know, offensively tuned, you know, and so now he can, he can do it all. He can play a 200 foot game for as skilled as he is. And it's, it's, I think you learn those kind of traits in the American hockey league. 
I understand that completely, as uh, my co-host would uh, probably be prodding me if uh, on Tuesday nights if uh, he heard me say this, but I love my nickname. So how about Ivan the Great for your goaltender? Uh, how good has Ivan been for you? You know what? He's He's been you know as good as our top line has been and our, our role players has been. He has been our best player. There is no doubt about it. You know, it, it can hide a lot of things in your structure that you're not doing well. And when you're winning, it, 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 it definitely, you know, hides it. So Ivan's been doing an unbelievable job of obviously winning us some games and helping us stay in games. And, uh, you know, it, it, it helps bring so much confidence to our guys. Like, you know, they, they, our, our guys are able to come up with big moments because he's made those saves. Those big moments don't happen without big saves. So, uh, yeah, he's been—he's definitely been our best player, and I think he's another player that's going to be ready to play in the NHL here shortly. You know, in a year, a year or two for sure. You know, and and I saw him, and and for his size and his flexibility, have you ever seen a goaltender with quite that much flexibility? I mean, he can do cartwheels and somersaults and pretty much the splits. He can do whatever needs to be done. Uh, he's just a freak of nature, if you ask me. I think he must have done some gymnastics when he was a kid, but he's—I <laughs> would think so. Right. Yeah, for he's got a, you know, a lanky, athletic body, and yeah, for a big kid, you don't, you don't, you wouldn't think that uh, he would be that flexible or agile, and and he is. And you know what? He works at it. This summer, he uh, he spent a lot of time off ice, and obviously during this extended COVID period, he's he's trained off the ice, and it's it's. You know, it's it's helping them in games. It's helping them sustain the energy, and honestly, it's it's helping them push across a little bit quicker. And he just looks real strong. We're real proud of him. And, and to be honest with you, his play is, uh, or his attitude is every good as his play. So it's every bit as good as his play. So it's it's he's a pretty pretty good human, and he's an unbelievable athlete. So you know, we're all wishing him well, and we're all wishing he he gets uh, he gets up there pretty quick. You know, I, I'm guessing that's got to be bittersweet for you, though, as the head coach of a, an AHL franchise. You want the guys to develop and move on. And of course you do. But you also want to see success at where you're at because you're probably judged uh, equally as much on wins and losses as uh, as development. Is that fair or no? Yeah, you know what? It's it's that's you know, it's I feel like that's why I'm, I'm an American Hockey League coach. I honestly feel like I, I was close to playing and didn't get that opportunity. And I feel like I honestly feel like I have uh, a lot to offer when it comes to understanding how to get there because of how I didn't get there, you know. And so, I, I really, really, truly believe I want these guys to get every opportunity to play. And honestly, there's going to be somebody else behind them that's going to be able to do the job. And if he doesn't quite, if he's not quite ready to do the job, we'll find ways to, uh, you know, elevate his game and we'll give him all the resources and tools to make sure that he's, you know, taking the next step in his, in his game. And a lot of times at this, at this level, they're all skilled enough, you know, they might just be missing that little mental edge or, you know, a little physical, uh, you know, they can build their bodies just a little bit more, or, you know, they're, they're not always missing that, you know, that NHL quality, it has a lot or skill. It's just a lot of times it could be that mental edge. It could be that, you know, that physical edge that they're, that they're lacking and that just takes time. So we're there to, to help them with that. And quite honestly, if uh, they get called up and our team doesn't, uh, doesn't win games, then, then, you know, we, we get our wins by uh, guys getting the call up and them being able to, you know, play in the on the big clubs team and and be able to be a, an impact player. You know, and whether it's a full time or a call up player where they need to sustain some good minutes to give the team an opportunity to win, then we feel proud for them and we feel proud of ourselves to to you know make sure that they're preparing and they're able to play. I would have expected nothing less from you. I would have almost could have written down that was going to be your response to that question. But, uh, as as we look at the AHL, and, and I don't know if this is just my eyes, Steve, or not, because I didn't pay a lot of attention maybe 10 years ago to what was going on in the AHL, just a little bit. But what I've seen over the last five, six years from, from Tucson and now seeing it in Henderson and San Diego and 
and all over is it seems like the league has gotten better. Uh, first of all, the players have gotten better, but it also seems like they're maturing in ways that maybe you wouldn't expect at the AHL level. Like they understand the sense of the game. They understand uh, their roles in the community. And I don't know if it's, if it's changed that much or if I've just caught, it just caught my eye, I should say. I, you know what? You cut out because I was getting another call. But, uh, <laughs> well, basically, I, I think I, I go ahead. Yeah, basically, what I was saying was I, I think uh, the guys have matured now at the AHL level, both on and off the ice. They seem to understand the development process more than maybe a decade ago. Is that a fair assessment? And they're getting better at all areas. A hundred percent. I think it's just a fact of life. I think with the information now that the kids have and the, the information that parents have that they can relay to the kids, just in general, I feel like everybody's advanced and everybody's growing up a little bit quicker and understanding things far better and clearer than they have in the past. And there is no doubt that our players get better at an accelerated rate. They can watch all of their shifts and they can highlight all of their shifts and mistakes. And, and now they're, you know, from a young age, they're coached and overcoached. So, you know, they've heard all the cliches. They've heard all the, you know, the, the hockey lingo. They've heard, you know, they've played many systems there. And if they have to adapt and adjust, it's a short period. They, these kids are so smart and they get the game so much quicker. You know, it's just advanced so much because of technology and, and what's available to them. So, yeah, I, I 100% believe that everybody has gotten so much faster and so much better. And, you know, same with the, uh, the, the people around the game, scouts, coaches, GMs, you know, they, they're, they're less risk takers because they have more information, you know, the, the analytics on these kids. So it's the, our game has grown and it's grow, it's continuing to grow and there's so much to come. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what this game looks like in the future. I mean, you know, just bringing three on three in. I, I can't wait to see if, you know, centermen are going to be like, are there going to be three defensemen out there and one just takes a face off? Do you know what I'm saying? Because the yeah. D-man can go up and down, you know, they're, they're uh, up and down the ice. They, they play a 200-foot game where it typically was, you know, a 100-foot game. So it's it's an it's a I, I just love where the game is. I, I love the speed of it. I, it's fun to be out there playing it and fun watching it. It's it's fun to be around it. It's it, it's got such a great buzz and such great energy right now. It's it's fun to be around. You know, and and, and I don't think uh, the entertainment value can be any better than the AHL because it, it's when they when fans are able to get in, it's an affordable ticket. You get usually a really good seat up close. But uh, what the clubs are doing, and and uh, shout out to the Roadrunner staff as well, and and everybody there because they they do a great job of uh, being relevant. And I I've used that to my uh, probably to nauseam to a lot of people on our podcast, but I think especially in podcast in uh, COVID times, you need to stay relevant. And I tell my AHL guests that all the time is that um, you, you stay relevant like the NHL. And I tell my ACHA teams, you stay relevant like the NCAA teams, because uh, if you stay relevant, the fans will always be there for you. And clearly that's the case in Tucson, right? Yeah, you know what? It's, I mean, the way the the, the way the, the players play and the way the you know the the game is trending, it's such a young game and it's so much. It's it is, uh, you know, it's just fun to be around. And now I think, like you know, from our perspective, we can try things that maybe the NHL can't or wouldn't because you know there's so much more at stake there in the NHL. You know, so in the American Hockey League, we could be, you know, we could we could try things off ice. We can try things on the ice. We can, you know, try to work on different plays that may be a little bit more risky, but maybe through risk, there's more reward. You know, so, you know, that could be from a, you know, promoting standpoint, from a NA or from a play standpoint, from a structure standpoint. You know, it's it, it, the American Hockey League is is a lot of fun. I think there's you know, it's less about wins and losses and, uh, you know, it's more about trying and figuring out things. Maybe if there's different ways to do it and, you know, you, you present it back to the big club and maybe it works. 
Yeah, really good points. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions about the coaching aspect of it. Uh, the differences maybe from, from your role as a head coach to uh, to an assistant coach on a bench like that, especially in the AHL, we know your staffs aren't uh, lengthy <laughs> or numerous. Yeah. So so tell me, tell me what your role has changed and, and maybe give me something that you maybe didn't expect uh, as a head coach that uh, you're seeing right now. Well, I, I think Jay would probably always say that I was one of, you know, I was probably pretty boisterous uh, when he was the coach, but, you know, I, I would try to s- not talk as much and now you can't shut me up. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I, when I'm behind the bench, uh, there's, oh, hold on you know, a minute. Let me get a text message to John Slaney on that. So he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and thankfully he's, you know, a little quieter than I am, but uh, yeah, we just, you know, I guess that's one part of it. You're, you're handling more so the bench. And now if, you know, before, I, you know, I didn't really uh, consult much with the D and now I, I you know, I'm, I'm more involved with, you know, the entire bench, which is a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it, you know, the responsibilities now, it, you know, mine were used, it's, it's odd because when I used to mark a game after the game, when we watch video, my markings would be around 150 marks because I was only looking at it from uh, a power place vantage point and uh, an offensive or like how the player can create more space and time and, you know, this more of the skill aspect of it. You know, how, how are we on our forecheck? Well, now my markings have gone up to about 350, 360 <laughs> because you have to mark the entire game in, in every aspect, you know, and I still have, this the love of you know trying to figure out ways for our guys to create more space and you know get more scoring opportunities so that's i I don't want to lose that part of it i think that's that's you know you gotta you gotta have a good blend of everything so you know that's that's different for me just the, the amount of time on the video and and uh the increased level of, of marking is, is definitely, the rate has gone up substantially. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're not going to answer this one to me truthfully because you're very happy being a head coach, but is there something you said, oh, God, I didn't know this was going to be a part of being a head coach? Well, you know what? I, I know that you, uh, the one thing is, you know, not, I wouldn't go to that depth, but I know that you take everything personally and uh-huh. uh, you know what I'm saying? Like if yeah, you make a decision, exactly. it's a bad one. It's, Hey, it was your decision, <laughs> you know, nobody so, to pass the buck to, is there? <laughs> no, exactly. So the one thing I'm very cautious about, and sometimes I, I, I spend an, an extra amount of time is just thought through decisions you know i don't i don't rush decisions and i try to try to make sure that uh, i get the staff involved so that there is a collective uh agreement and you know if they're if it's obviously something that's merits the attention or time but yeah that's that's just it the amount of thought that goes into your daily structure is is pretty impressive and uh, you know, they got, at the end of the day, they got to buy it. They got to buy it. You know, you're right. almost a salesman and you have to really know your players and you really have to know what they want and, and what's going to get them going. So you have to, you know, I hate to sound like a, you're trying to sell them, but you have to also understand them so that they buy into it, you know, yeah, and totally get that. Yeah, and it has to come from a personal vantage point. It has to come from a team vantage point and And it's it's a it, there's a lot of moving parts in the American Hockey League. It's not like you know you're they're getting millions of dollars so that they're really settled. So like, you know, you got to really admire a kid that's going to put everything on the line every single night because you know they they could ca- they could run the risk of injuries if they block the wrong the one one wrong shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like. You know, a kid that's making five, six million dollars, he's blocking shots. He's he's still good from a, a you know, uh, f- from a financial standpoint. Sure. So a lot sure. of times, you know, some obviously their their craft isn't about the money all the time. They want to play at the highest level, but you but know, the money it, doesn't hurt. <laughs> the money the money doesn't hurt. The money doesn't hurt. But they don't want to miss games. They don't want to miss right. games. So there there there's 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 moving parts. There's more moving parts. 
Okay, so I want to ask you this one too. Uh, abbreviated season this year, 40 games. Uh, when you're looking at your roster and you're looking at your schedule and, and you're planning this out, how much different is 40 games from what you're normally used to playing? And do you do things differently? You know what? It, a little bit different. Usually we have a whole week to practice, so our development aspect has changed a little bit. You know, we used to have two or three days of, you know, skill-oriented practices, and then, you know, we would start to look into our structure and, and build out our, our our plan on how we're going to play, the, you know, our, our the opponent. But, uh, you know, now we have three games in a week, and we practice twice, and then, you know, we play, and then there's a day off, and then there's, you know, two games, and then it just keeps going. So there, we're, we're playing uh, more games in a condensed schedule so it changed a little bit yeah just the amount of uh, skill work that we're able to provide is a little bit less so we have to try to find a way to you know blend our practices a little bit differently than than we had in the past okay and i can tell you're a busy man because i hear your phones going how many phones you got there like seven <laughs> <laughs> no you know what i, I don't I, I, I'm, I'm giving sorry. you a bad time. I, I, I'm giving you a bad time. But I, I, I want to ask you this one, and, and then I'll let you go because I know you're busy. But um, I wanted to ask you about um, – now I lose my train of thought right in the middle of it. How's that? <laughs> no, uh, no worries. Uh, I, you're probably used to me having the train of thought losses. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, no, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the league itself and the fact that you're playing all um, – Pacific Division, Western Division, whatever you want to call it, uh, teams, and you're getting to see a lot of them. And I like the excitement from what I've seen so far. I mean, I saw Henderson play a few times, and I'm looking forward to seeing you play in, in Colorado and San Diego and all those teams. But uh, do you like that? Is it kind of fun? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't uh, I don't mind it at all, to be honest with you. I know that at some point, at 40 games, after 40 games, you might be, hey, it would be nice to play some different teams. But it feels like, it feels like a playoff series all the time. And it, it is actually a little bit more fun because you start to learn a little bit about the opponent, and then you're like, hey, what if we tried this? And then they're doing the same thing, and it's, it just becomes a big chess game. And, yeah, I don't, I love it. I think it's, I think it's great. And then – the more that we know each other, the better it is for the future. Also, like, where is everybody headed? How are we, you know, we're looking at their lineup saying, oof, what do they look like <laughs> in the future? What do we need to do to, and they're doing the same thing. So it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. And we'll see at the end of the day, like, you know, what team makes the best decisions down the road. Well, have you got those tinted visors yet for when you play the Silver Knights and those uh, glowing silver helmets of theirs? You, you get everybody tinted tinted visors or sunglasses or something? Yeah, not yet. But you know what? <laughs> like, I love it. Like, why not? You know, just try try something different. It's nice. It's good to, to evolve, and it's good to have change. You know, it's it, it's it's good that we're that they try different things. And you know what? I I'm guarantee I guarantee the fans appreciate it. I think it. You know, a lot of them think it's cool. Okay, so we don't we don't have fans in the building yet, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak to the Roadrunner fans that may be listening or will listen to this on the download. Is that um, what are you going to tell them about this team when they're finally able to get out and see you in person? What's the structure of the Tucson Roadrunners in 2021 under you? You know what I think it's you know it's under it's under me, but I, you know what it's our organization. I think what you know talk talk it uses this word all the time sticky and I think it's it bodes well for our team. You want a sticky team that's you know difficult to play against because we're you know we're, we're, we have a lot of fast players that can you know close and kill plays and you know they face pucks and they, they you know they, they just try to make it difficult and when it's you know when the tide turns a little bit, we find ways to to get it back. You know, I think that's uh, I, I think one good identity point we can we can fall back on is just being sticky. Yeah, that's a really good point. And speaking of sticky, that big club just uh, won a series, if you will, a seven game series against the St. Louis Blues. So shout out to the Coyotes for a big win today. Shout out to uh, to Michael Bunting again for being the. Uh, AHL uh, star of the week. That was uh, a great honor. And leading the league and scoring is nothing to sneeze at after one week or after the season. 
it's still a great task. Shout out to you, Steve, because I know that you worked very hard to get to this point, and I know you're going to take advantage of every second you have behind the bench. So thank you for spending some time with us tonight and uh, and talking some Tucson Roadrunners hockey. So appreciate your time and all that you do, Scott. I love it. Uh, keep keep trucking, man. Hockey's coming this way. It's here. It's it's going to keep growing, and you guys are a big part of it. So thanks for everything you're doing, and uh, thanks for inviting me out on the air. Absolutely. Anytime. You're always welcome here. Steve Potvin, the head coach of the Tucson Roadrunners, joining us. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk some NHL hockey and some more AHL hockey in just a minute. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. Who's old now? All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the beautiful 
the Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. Downtown Las Vegas, we're coming back at you again next week. We'll be live all four nights, or I should say I will be live all four nights from uh, Bar Canada, and uh, we'll be talking uh, not only college hockey, but professional hockey as well, as we always do. We call it the Quad Pod of Hockey podcast folks, because we actually do four nights, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. We're here for you uh, covering hockey in the Southwest. Tonight is, uh, of course, our professional show. We just had a great uh, visit on with uh, a great guest on and a great visit with Steve Potvin, the new head coach of the uh, undefeated Tucson Roadrunners. And boy, does that sound sweet when you cover hockey in the Southwest and you can say, the undefeated Tucson Roadrunners. You can say the undefeated Henderson Silver Knights. And you know what? Next year we'll be covering them anyway, so let's throw it in there. The undefeated San Diego Gulls. Um, they, it's just so much fun to, uh, to to see teams that are seeing success so early in the season. And um, <laughs> not only early in the season, but in early in a COVID season. So unbelievable. Uh, it's just incredible. I love seeing it. I hope it continues. Um, it's just one of those things that when you're when you're playing hockey at at a very elite level, uh, whether it be the NHL or the AHL, and you can go out and run the table. Um, I'm going to throw a, a quick example out there before I give you the standings right currently in the Pacific Division. But um, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, off to a three zero start. They're playing their fourth game. Their backup goaltender Dylan Ferguson hasn't been in a game yet, and the AHL is a professional. Uh, he played about a period and uh, maybe not even that, maybe a half a period in the uh, preseason. And then um, all of a sudden he's thrust into an opportunity to be the starting goaltender for the Silver Knights um, when they were on the road at Bakersfield. And lo and behold, he gets his shutout in his first game. So uh, first of all, shout out to Dylan for that uh, that big win and big shutout. And and really, I, you know, I know I watched some of the game. I saw his teammates really uh, – uh, doing a little extra, if you could, because they knew uh, they wanted to make life a little bit easier if they could. But you know what? Anytime you get a shutout at any level, you've done it right. So Dylan Ferguson, congratulations on that one and uh, continuing to keep the Henderson Silver Knights at an unbeaten 4-0 and 0 mark. Um, we looked down the uh, the standings, and uh, the Silver Knights are at unbeaten and have eight points. Uh, the San Diego Gulls, um, five wins to start the season, 5-0-0 for 10 points. And, of course, the uh, aforementioned Tucson Roadrunners with head coach Steve Potvin at uh, four games played and four wins for eight points. Then you look, obviously, uh, the other teams that they played in the division since this is all a division year, um, the Barracuda, four games played, 1-2-1. Uh, Colorado Eagles just got off to, uh, to a start finally, um, played two games this weekend, uh, went one or 0-1-1, and, and uh, the Ontario Reign, five games played, uh, 0-4-1, and, and of course the Bakersfield Condor, Condors, uh, four games played, 0-4-0. So that's the way things stack up in the AHL and Pacific Division uh, as we speak right now. Now, uh, in addition to American League hockey coverage, we do do a lot of coverage in the NHL, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But um, as I mentioned, the, the three teams that we have in our coverage area this year, the uh, Tucson Roadrunners, the Henderson Silver Knights, and, of course, the Colorado Eagles, um, I had a chance last week to get up and, and watch the Henderson Silver Knights in person, uh, watch their two games against the Ontario Reign at the uh, – I call it a fabulous arena. The Orleans, um, I know it's getting old, but, man, it is pristine inside. Everything is perfect. Uh, it looks beautiful. The acoustics are great. Uh, as you know, if you've ever been to Vegas and the Orleans for a concert, it's a, a excellent concert venue. But what a hockey venue, and I just wish the fans could get in there. I know they will um, probably as soon as March with uh, the Governor uh, Sislik. Um releasing a little bit of information as far as um, large venues and them adding fans. So that'll be exciting. But uh, that hockey team, to me, is so poised. Uh, they've got a blend of uh, young guys and, and veterans, as you would on almost every AHL club. But the Silver Knights have got a blend of guys that know their roles. 
and they play them very, very well. And that goes from their forwards and guys like Reed Duke and the rookie uh, Peyton Krebs. And uh, you go right down the list of their offensive guys. And then you look defensively, you got uh, guys like Ryan Murphy and you got um, Jimmy Schultz, who I thought's played really, really well. Um, they're all just know their roles within the team. They play it. Uh, I made this comment to several people uh, last week is that when you watch the Henderson Silver Knights play, you look like they're never out of a hockey game and they're never flustered or ruffled, whether they're down a man, they're down two men, they're down to goal or two goals uh, or up a goal or two goals. They just seem like they're poised to do it. And, and I give a lot of credit to the, the Vegas Golden Knights on this one because I think they've set an example for their young guys. And now that they're right there in Henderson, they're seeing a lot more of their uh, older brothers, if you will, the Vegas Golden Knights. But it's poise. It's character. It's um, just a will that, that you're not going to lose. And you're certainly not going to lose at home. And, and and it's obvious. It's obvious by the way they carry themselves. It's obvious by the way they play on the ice. It's uh, obvious by the way they talk to us, the media. So uh, thrilled that the uh, Henderson Silver Knights are off to the start that they are. And, of course, the Tucson Roadrunners. And like I said, next year, the San Diego Gulls will be in our coverage area. And we'd love to see them perform the way they are. Um, you know, guys are jumping out at you. If you watch any of the World Junior Tournament, uh, you're seeing guys like uh, Trevor Zegras uh, with uh, San Diego, who a lot of people think he's not going to be there long. He's going to be up with the Ducks quickly. Um, you see guys like Peyton Krebs. Um, I mean, Jack Dugan played in the NCAA and, and uh, with Providence and was a star. And he's doing very, very well at the uh, Henderson Knights level. And so you see this talent moving from a young age to a slightly older age, if I can say that. And uh, they're maturing. They're carrying their game forward. You heard Steve Potvin talk about his uh, outstanding um, rookie defenseman, Victor Soderstrom, and how Victor's kind of taken over the AHL game already uh, from a defensive standpoint. And that's just something, you know, folks, five, six, seven, ten years ago, you just didn't say that, that guys that come in in their first week of, of being in the AHL were going to dominate and take over. It just, it just wasn't something that happened. But that just tells you about the development. I thought Steve Potvin hit it right in the head when he said these guys can watch so much video of themselves now. Uh, they can break it down to every single shift. Uh, they can break down that shift. They can, they can see it all almost instantaneously. So things are a changing. There is no doubt about that. Okay, so that's the end of our AHL talk. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk to you about NHL hockey because we have the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Tucson, and the uh, Tucson, the Phoenix, the Arizona Coyotes to talk about. How about that? Arizona Coyotes with a big win today. We'll be back to talk about it in just a minute. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona this week. Next week, folks, we're back to Vegas. It's uh, Vegas week two. We had so much fun last month uh, at the D Hotel 
and uh, resort casino uh, right in downtown Las Vegas at the beautiful Bar Canada. We said, you know what? Why not? Let's go back and see if uh, if Derek wants us back up there and we can uh, do some shows from up there. So I will be there live. My co-hosts uh, probably will not be there live. Uh, maybe Stephen. Maybe we'll, we'll pull him down and get him down for Wednesday night. But we'll be back at the D Hotel. Uh, a big week building up to uh, the uh, Henderson Silver Knights coming back. And a very big week. Uh, is in place right now when you talk about what's going on in the NHL because there is uh, a big weekend coming up in Lake Tahoe, and our own Vegas Golden Knights are going to be a part of that. So uh, we're looking forward to that. They uh, they played a game yesterday, folks, uh, in the afternoon, and I thought maybe it was Vegas's best uh, hockey game that they played all season against the, uh, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And uh, as we uh, as we saw that game go down, it, it propelled the Vegas Golden Knights to their tenth win. It got them into first place in the Honda West Division. Uh, Thirteen games played, ten wins, two losses, and twenty one points to stand on top. Uh, just one point ahead of the St. Louis Blues, who have played a uh, sixteen game schedule so far, uh, nine wins, five losses, and um, twenty points. The Arizona Coyotes creeping right up with a win today, a huge one nothing shutout win after they played seven consecutive games against the Blues. Uh, 15 games played for the Coyotes, 7-6-2 and two for uh, eight, uh, 16 points in the division. And then Colorado, uh, 12 games played due to a little COVID break, 7-4-1 and uh, 15 points. And then, of course, the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, a mighty Ducks. <laughs> How's that for an old reference? The Anaheim Ducks uh, have gotten 15 games played, 6-6-3, six, six, 15 points. The Minnesota Wild, 11 games played due to some COVID stuff too, 6-5-0 oh, for 12 points. The uh, Los Angeles Kings, 13 games, 4-6-3 for 11 uh, total points. And the San Jose Sharks, 13 games played, 5-7-1 and 11 total points. So if I'm doing math on the air for you folks, I'm seeing the Vegas Golden Knights, 21 points. I'm seeing San Jose and Los Angeles at the bottom end of the standings with 11 points. To me, folks, that's 10 points or five hockey games. So um, anything can happen. The season is still young. I know the season is abbreviated. I know it's only 56 games, uh, but you know what? Uh, it's, it's very, very competitive and like I said, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights for earning that uh, 10th win yesterday. Okay, so so the uh, Arizona Coyotes got the St. Louis Blues uh, for the seventh time in a row. <laughs> a lot like a playoff series, folks. And uh, credit to the Arizona Coyotes that came out winning that mini series, and I have air quotes around that, at 4-3. Uh, and three. Uh, It came today with a uh, Darcy Kemper one nothing shutout on a – only goal of the game, obviously, scored by Clayton Keller. So uh, congratulations to the Coyotes as they, uh, they accomplished uh, something that was pretty hard to do. It's to beat the St. Louis Blues, who are a pretty solid hockey team uh, in a seven-game-in-a-row series. Uh, very well done. And then our other two teams facing each other, Vegas and Colorado. As I mentioned yesterday, Marc-Andre Fleury, one nothing shutout, gets the, uh, the Golden Knights their 10th win. Guess what, folks? Tomorrow they face uh, the Colorado Avalanche again. And um, not making any excuses because there are none, but the, uh, the Colorado Avalanche came off of a two-week COVID break and only three practices. So uh, I think the rust showed a little bit in the first period, period and a half yesterday. Uh, I think it's going to be a different story tomorrow night. I think they'll be ready to go from the uh, opening faceoff, and it will be an excellent contest. Then the two teams will move on, and they will play an outdoor game in uh, beautiful Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Uh, it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, the, I've seen the setup for folks. It's just it's fantastic. So what you see up there is, is just um, pure beauty. And to play outside in that, I, I can't imagine how much fun that's going to be for the guys. It's going to be interesting on the weather, though, because anybody that's ever been to uh, – to Lake Tahoe knows that you can get uh, dumped on in snow, shall we say? So it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know it can it can definitely happen. Of course, the Avalanche and the Golden Knights will play on Saturday. The Bruins and Flyers 
coming all the way across the country to play Sunday. So what a great weekend of hockey for the uh, NHL to to showcase uh, their teams on outdoors uh, ice at Lake Tahoe. Um, you know, and I'm reading reading stuff from different people that are up there right now, and they just can't believe the uh, the beautiful sight that is Lake Tahoe. Um, like I said, I, I don't know if they'll be saying that if they get the snow that's known to happen there occasionally, but uh, what a great setup. The NHL is preparing for a, a very, very big weekend, and kudos again to the NHL for uh, putting on a fantastic show under unbelievable circumstances because uh, <laughs> this COVID stuff is no joke. It still is no joke, and for them to uh, be able to do what they do uh, with the uh, the, the situations that they have to deal with. It's just, it's really insane. It's just uh, unbelievable. So we're looking forward to that this weekend. As I said, we will be doing all of our shows from the uh, beautiful Bar Canada again in uh, the D Hotel, uh, the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino right in downtown Las Vegas. Fabulous site just down Fremont Street from the brand new Circa Hotel with Circa Stadium and uh, Circa Sports and it, just get out and enjoy it. Uh, it's just so much fun. It's incredible to, to be around. Uh, I do want to show out, uh, shout out also the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights have a second star of the week in Mark Andre Fleury. Um, I know everybody in Vegas right now is happy because they just got out to, to Krispy Kreme Donuts and got their uh, buy one, get one free dozen. Thanks to Mark Andre and his, uh, his shutout who he's, uh, become very accustomed for in Las Vegas. So um, again, he was probably, if we can say it, vintage Marc-Andre Fleury as he was out there um, doing his thing in the absence of uh, Robin Leonard, who has been out of game now with a, with an upper body injury. Uh, we have no idea how long uh, uh, it's going to be till Robin comes back. So uh, Marc-Andre seems to be the guy that's going to get uh, the boatload of uh, the work in, La- in Vegas. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, also fans will be coming back in, which means fans will be sneaking back in uh, maybe 25% capacity at T-Mobile Arena starting in March. So uh, I know the Vegas fans are excited about that. They can't wait to see their team uh, in person. But, um, man, oh, man, that, that's a great start. Anytime you can get 10 wins in your first, what, 12, 13 games, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. So, um Congratulations to the, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and to Marc-Andre Fleury for that great honor. Uh, as we look ahead uh, in the other um, teams, I did get word today that uh, Arizona State goaltender and alum Joey Decord is going to be a backup goaltender uh, for the Ottawa Senators coming up. So that's going to be an exciting thing. And, of course, we know Brinson Pashnuk and Steen Pashnuk, both with the uh, San Jose Barracuda right now, uh, both, uh, I know Brinson is uh, is trying to get in his way into uh, the lineup for the San Jose Sharks, so uh, that may be happening very soon. It's uh, it's it's just great to have hockey back, folks. And as we uh, get a handle on the uh, pandemic and we start to make strides in the right direction, it's going to be one of those things that you know we just can't wait to see what uh, what happens when fans, more and more fans, start to get in the, the buildings. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes, I told you, got off to a 1-0 uh, shutout victory today over the Blues uh, in a matinee performance at Gila River Arena. They will take on the L.A. Kings um, on at 7 p.m. Uh, Thursday night, and that will be, uh, what is that, one of the third game of uh, 11 in a row at home for the Coyotes. So this is when you make your hay, folks. You get out there, get it done, and uh, see what happens. So... Good luck to the Coyotes, good luck to the Vegas Golden Knights, and good luck to the Colorado Avalanche, who uh, will have uh, three more starting tomorrow night against their arch rival now, the Vegas Golden Knights, in a battle for what looks to be supremacy in the West, or the Honda West Division. So, Okay, I think I've said about as much as I can. I will say uh, good night tonight after thanking my guest, Steve Potvin, who joined us, the head coach of the Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, I want to thank everybody behind the scenes and uh, everybody for doing all the hard work they do to keep us up and running. Vegas, we're coming for you again. We will see you next week. 
Tomorrow night, join us for another College Hockey Southwest Weekly Show. Myself and Paul Hornstein will be live, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, College Hockey Southwest Weekly. We've got a great guest joining us from Denver University tomorrow. We've got Cole Gutman as our special guest lined up. And then Wednesday, Stephen Marsh and myself will be back to bring you Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. And then it's off to Vegas, and we'll see you Sunday night from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, folks, that's it. We'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro, and uh, have a good night, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah.